know that what was the result? 3-0. Do you know what this means? 3-0. But also mean three premierships and I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. What a way to start a show. Jose looking for respect. In the words of the late, great Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's what Jose Mourinho is looking for. Now, welcome. Pitch Invasion. I'm joined by Mika and Luaz is not here with us, but we promise to keep the show rolling as usual with some meaty football discussions and a bit of banter here and there, Mika. Absolutely. I mean, look, um, Jose Mourinho has been... Well, he's looking for respect. He's not going to get respect that way. I mean, you, respect is end. Does he deserve it? No, respect is end. He hasn't and, earned it. And he hasn't earned it. He's actually... Three Premier League titles. Well, I mean, you, you go from trying to justify a 3-0 defeat by the fact that you've won three Premier League titles and then suddenly you, you, you take a dig at 19 Premier League manager, managers. These guys, some of them have only just come to the Premier League. And, you know, Mourinho hasn't won three Premier League titles at Manchester United. He won his titles at Chelsea, at Manchester United, arguably the biggest club in, in the world, um, even if coming from a, from a Liverpool fan. He's, he's just not understanding that it's not about him anymore. That was a bit strange, though, that he would actually have a dig at the other 19 managers. I mean... You just lost 3-0, you know? And it makes, it makes you what, what does that have to do with the you other know, 19 managers? When, when I, he said it, when he said that, I kept saying to myself, okay, so who are the managers that you're trying to take a dig at? I mean, six or seven uh, of them have just come into the league. I mean, uh, you know, Pep Guardiola, uh, and of course, who else amongst the whole lot has won the Premier League title? It would be Pellegrini, uh, who's just come back to the Premier League. So, you know, that Mourinho would actually take his time and go through all the the, the uh, managers in the league. One thing that he's missing is the fact that the, the league is no longer the same as when he was dominating because you've got a lot of really exciting managers with modern coaching methods. Look at Sarri at, at, at Chelsea. He's changed yeah. the team from being ultra-defensive, counter-attacking team under Conte to this really ex- exciting attacking team. And, you know, you look at Wolves, look at uh, Silva at, at Everton. Some of these, these young managers are changing the way the game is being played. And that's one thing Mourinho is not accepting, that his methods are becoming, becoming kind of dated. You know, to me, it, it seemed like a premeditated excuse because, you know, for somebody to know, you know, <laughs> the aggregate of all the 19 managers' league titles compared to him, it seems like it's something he had in his pocket. I'm sure by the time the third goal came in, you know, he was thinking of all sorts of excuses to give. And I'm sorry, to have your blows, your doors blown down like that, you know, at Old Trafford and straight afterwards at the press conference, you're asking for respect. I think Jose, you know, I said this in the first episode of the podcast, I think the weight of Manchester United is just, you know, is too much for him. And coming into the season, they didn't address any of their problems in the transfer market. Already he's had comments to say about players and Ed Woodward. You know what? I won't be surprised if Jose actually resigns before he gets fired to save face. That's what I predict. I think Jose is going to leave the club before they say, "You know what? We tried." He wants. He wants to. Ch- he wants working. to change. Change the conversation from the game. 
And, you know, earlier when he was interviewed before the press conference, he talked about how he denied uh, Spurs, uh, you know, so much opportunities and that they, they got their first goal because there was some corner. Look, the point is Tottenham totally blew Manchester United out of Old Trafford. They crushed them. And, you know, that game could have been five. I know United had one or two chances earlier, but, I mean, in that second half, it could have been the, five minutes. The players almost seem to have given up, though, Amika. Could that not just be a trend as to how maybe they feel about Jose Mourinho? Because, I mean, a United side, even, you know, we always talk about Fergie time, that fight for United until the end, how United traditionally play. It seemed like they almost gave up on him. I mean, even the third goal, it didn't seem like there was any hustle from the back four. I don't know. They just resigned. I don't know they if, kicked the bucket. If we are ever going to have Fergie time, I think Fergie's time is over. And just to, to put that into perspective, since Alex Ferguson left, Manchester United has spent £700 million. Pounds. Oh, that's a lot of that's, money. That's, you know, how... how I don't even how, think Arsenal have spent that you know in how, 21 You know how Mourinho, years. Talks, Mourinho talks about, okay, he's won more than all the other ones. He needs to put all the spending of all of those clubs and see where they start, stack up against Manchester United. They spent 700 million pounds and under him they spent almost 400 million. You spend and 80 still, million on one player, of course you're going to get a lot of grief the moment wants, things go he bad. He still wants to spend money on players and Ed Woodward, you know, rightly said, look, I don't want to I don't think those players that you that you want to buy have, um, you know, are really worth that. You know what Ed Woodward is basically saying to Mourinho? Do your job and coach. So simple as that. Just do your job and coach. You've got Pogba who's just won the World Cup. Lukaku had a fantastic World Cup. Do your job and coach. But moving on to Spurs, I think we have to give Spurs a lot of credit. And uh, somebody who had a good game last night, Lucas Moura, was also vocal about Spurs' chances this season. And he, he fancies them and he says, you know, they are capable this season. And, you know, I, I, did we, have we, you know, sat down and ignored Tottenham? I, I don't think so. I mean, no. they didn't spend. Yeah, in that, this I, I don't think window. so. The one thing that they, they haven't done, ever since Tottenham sold Gareth Bell, they've been, you know, improving that team, except last the last transfer window. And you know, they brought in Lucas Mora during the, the, the mid, mid-season um, last season. And he had a you know a fairly decent uh, run, run out, but we've seen that that team really evolve. And the fact that they managed to keep Toby Alderweireld, and they kept, they kept Son, they kept um, a few of the players that some other clubs wanted to, to prize away. And you know, shockingly, uh, to interrupt you, uh, yeah. the transfer window in Europe hasn't closed. It hasn't so yet. We don't know. We uh, don't hasn't. know if they're going to lose some no, but, of those players. Uh, look, uh, Levy. Levy is one of the, the hardest bargainers. I don't think he wants to sell sell Harry Kane or Dele Ali. People and, have transferred clauses. And with, with the way they've, they've started the season, I bet you Tottenham are not going to be able to buy any player now. So obviously what they're going to try and do is see how far it gets them. And don't forget they built, I mean, they just built a new stadium, which hasn't been completed. And they might just be where Arsenal were a few years ago because when you spend so much money in the stadium you don't want to spend a lot of money on players but they, they've got the quality in the team and they've got a manager who's not under pressure to deliver but a are they the real deal when you look at that Spurs side I mean last night they were fantastic they've been knocking on you, the door for did, the, for did the, that side give you an the, indication last the night past, that they could do great things for the season. past three seasons Tottenham have I mean two seasons ago they came very close um, they also did well in the Champions League and last season they were in the hunt for Champions League places for for the, the the entire season, and so when you look at them, um, I think that I'm not saying they win because I think that something is still missing. I think that they don't have 
um, um, all the players that they need probably to be able to to go the entire season. But maybe they will look at how they perform and say, okay, maybe halfway through the season, maybe we, we need to bring in a few players. But they are looking really good, and I'm happy that they're going to face Liverpool maybe in in two weeks. Are you so are that, happy they're going to face Liverpool after lo- <laughs> the loss? Listen, uh, when I say I'm happy, I'm I'm speaking from my head now. I, you know, it's. Give way, us your heart. What does your heart tell you? Um, you can't be happy that Spurs will just thrash United at Old Trafford. No, You're I, happy that they're going to play Liverpool. I want to say that when they play Liverpool, we will know which of the two teams has m- more more of the, the verve to, to, go, to go all out. Because you remember that the two teams that really took Liverpool out last season was, was Manchester City at home and then Tottenham at Wembley. And it was from that game that Liverpool's season, season changed. So now it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to gauge where they are, both of them. Without um, being obvious about which team I support in North London, the real North London team, I still think Spurs are lacking. And, you know, they didn't buy anybody in this transfer window. Well, and got, you can, you got, cannot tell me that they're going to carry this on for 38 games, got having got, signed anybody... Because now Son, Son needs to win the Asian Games, first of all. Otherwise, 21 months of um, military service, which he has to do. It's compulsory. So that's the one aspect where they have to pray that um, South Korea win the Asia Games. Now, they are one injury away up front, either Kane or Lucas. I mean, uh, um, Kevin, uh, uh, what's this, Nkudu, he's gone out on loan. And, you know, Harry Winks, you know, unproven. So I'm not sure they actually have the muscle to go 38 games and that's why you know, I said, see that's, out that's why, that's why I said I, Kane I can, There's no way Kane is going to score another 40 goals this season to he, save Tottenham. He, normally he doesn't score in August. He's already scoring. So, you know, this is Harry Kane. Maybe I, that's bad luck. Maybe no, he maybe he needs to go August without scoring and then... Harry Kane, Harry Kane maybe has... Maybe he's broken Harry, his bad Harry luck. Kane has all shown, the superstitions. Kane has shown that there. he can score. Even went to the World Cup. Even though he's got some penalties, but he was top scorer in the World Cup. One thing I know for a fact is that they're going to buy players in, in January if they see the, the need. How do you but know that for a fact, Amika? They didn't because, buy in, because, in July. Because they, they didn't buy anyone now doesn't mean they don't have any money. I think that if they start well, uh, which they have, if they carry on like this, they might look at it and say, we need to reinforce to, 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 see how, to see how far we go. But look, um, it's going to be quite an exciting season. In my opinion, they've played cupcakes. So until they start, like you said, when they play Liverpool, we'll start seeing the real Tottenham. And, you know, we can assess them further from there. But moving it on to our shows, South Africa. Um, a team that, you know, at the start of the season, a lot of noise from their camp, a lot of optimism. Talking about Kaiser Chiefs, Samakosi and... Not really hitting their straps this season. I mean, they had a big signing of a Kama Billiard, which was a coup. And he hasn't really, you know, made the impact that he had at Sundowns. You, you would have thought that Castro combination would have kicked in and it hasn't so far. It's, er- wrong? it's early days and Amakosi, uh, you know, they've got new coach, they've got... Uh, you know, it's a few. It's a few games into the season. Uh, they're still, they're still in the cup. They managed to to claw their way back into that game against SuperSport United. So they've got um, all to play for at at FNB. Um, and then, of course, in the league, as where well, they've, they've been this really, really indifferent team with so so many draws. Uh, let's see what happens in that in that second leg, and see if they progress to the to the finals. Because maybe they might just get to the finals and 
they, they need that tonic to spark their, their season, but who knows? Well, that's what they thought last year with the Netbank Cup, and things <laughs> just took a turn for the worst. So, you know, I, I'm not so sure about the cup competitions with Chiefs lately, you know, and we, we better get their fans in check in that second leg <laughs> before something goes wrong, because... I still see a team that's lacking in quality all round. You know, um, Kama Billet to me, he's playing like a desperate player. I don't see that poise, that composure that I saw at Sundowns. He had he had so so much more quality around him at Sundowns and playing in Africa the way they did that team. So Chiefs don't have qualities. Is, they, they do have, but I'm saying that the Sundowns in the run up that they had to that magical campaign that they had in Africa, there was so much riding on that on that team and then you know they've got a huge squad and over time you know they they evolved into i must say that they played some of the the, the, the best football even though it's beginning to bite them now because Shushan they haven't they haven't had enough rest but um i i'd say don't don't write off chiefs yet uh still let's still give them um, a couple more more games and then we'll, we will be able to but I, I must say that in the league they just haven't been uh, they, they haven't impressed me much, yeah, I must but I, say. I, I was happy they came, uh, with the way they came back in that game against Supersport United. Well, let's move to the MTN8 now. Um, obviously, Sundowns, as we've just uh, news come in, they're out of the African Champions League, which is sad for South African uh, football. But they're still in the MTN8, and uh, things didn't go too well. One loss is not so bad, considering they've got a second leg. What's your take on the second leg, and how do you think they're going to do? You know, they, they rested players, obviously, because they, they wanted to try and get get through the, the, the CAF, CAF Champions League. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Uh, so th- it'll be everything. They're going to throw, the ki- throw in the kitchen sink in this in this second leg. But, you know, even recently at home, they've, they've, been, they've struggled. You know, we've seen this with Chiefs. Uh, sorry, with Orlando Pirates um, a few seasons ago. We've seen it with Super Bowl United. Unless the South African season is aligned with the CAF season, Every team that plays in Africa gets to that point where, you know, everything comes to a head. And they then, burn out. You know, they burn out. So, Sundowns, they can pretend as much as they want, that they've got a big squad. But you need to have your, your core team take take you through. And this is the cup semifinal. I mean, even, I think Bizzo as well burns out himself. He I mean, as it. a coach, I mean, there's only so much... Tactics-wise, that you can come up every week. He's playing a different competition, it seems. And, you know, last week he was preparing for uh, Cape Town City. This week it's Horoya. And then the second leg again for the MTN8. I was, think as a coach, I'm sure Peace was also reaching that stage where he's, he's burning out himself. Rather than go on holiday, I remember he went to Russia and for the World Cup. And that's not a holiday because if you're a coach... You know, it's Take massive, your mind off massive, football, yeah, massive spend time with family. So maybe he actually needed a holiday. You needed to go off to a beach or something because Pizzo and the players have definitely burned out. And no mistake about it. You can they, see it. I mean, this, I mean, uh, uh, I mean sundowns in, in, in Africa, almost unable to win games at home. It's, it's really... Um, Which is strange because the year they won it, they were unbeatable at home. Even last season, they did well. Even last season, they did well in their home game. But, oh, I mean, you can't play the way they've, they've done without a rest. That's not possible. But we'll take a short break and we'll touch on uh, the other side of Europe, uh, other news and uh, interesting stories that have made headlines. And uh, we'll see you right after this break.
makes us better. Rivalry. This is the ABSA Premiership. Welcome back to Pitch Invasion. And uh, we're going to get straight into it with uh, some European news. Cristiano Ronaldo. Why not? He's always on the news. He's still yet to register in Syria, Amika. Is that cause for concern? Um, I think, I think for, for, him, for CR7, there's always cause for concern when he doesn't score goals. But like we saw last season, he started the season you know, struggling to score, and then suddenly he hit a, a, a patch where he was just scoring um, every week. I think he will score goals ultimately, but he needs to understand that he's gone to a new team. He needs to learn to play for the team. He needs to create chances for others. He, he had needs... a golden chance in that game. Yes, and then one thing with him also, you can see his frustration whenever he doesn't score or he's looking for someone to pass the ball to him all the time. He can't play. Um, I mean, I, I've seen players go to go to Syria. And it's a very difficult league because the teams naturally, they, in their mindset, they still have a lot of Italian players in, in their team. So, very defensive. So defensive, well. you know, is is part of their DNA, and they they know how to to mark people. At the point, I thought um, after watching Juve eliminate uh, Real Madrid in in 2015, you know, I was surprised at how how easy they were able to blow them out of the park in the cup final and also last year when they met in the Champions League. There's something um, about Ronaldo is, you know, yes, he scored against, against uh, you know, Juventus in cup games. But in league games, these teams have, they have enough time to, to, to work their methods and play in their, in their very unique arenas. Um, he's got to learn how to how to walk through that that system without uh, making it all about him. I think he's going to struggle in Syria. He's going to score, right, over twenty. But I think he's going to struggle, and I will tell you why. Because La Liga is a very um, it, they play an open game in La Liga. Teams actually go out to win games, and in Syria, teams go out not to lose games. Yeah. And it's like, it's when like, I look at the, 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 like the, the styles, the, the contrast and start. The teams have, they have it, 20 Mourinho's. Yes. So La Liga suited Ronaldo's style of play. Open play, he can get behind players, he can get the guys out wide to get behind those players so they can get the crosses into him. Syria, very slow, defensive, counter-attack. That is just the opposite of what Ronaldo needs. And I, I'm still not sure he's going to get to that level of CR7 Madrid at Juventus. But in the Champions League, obviously, he's a different beast. And I think that's where he's going to flourish more in the Champions League than in Serie A. Because obviously, in the Champions League, teams are also playing open football. Teams need to win games. He, he, so Ronaldo needs, Ronaldo needs just one goal. And, and that's going to spot he, he the will fire. Get it, he will get it either by a penalty or he'll get it by, he's, by, he's by whatever means. Once he gets it... You know, so every time he gets one goal. Can you imagine the parties that night in Turin, the dairy exactly. the so, registers? So just, I mean, look, I, I, I've learned over time not to bet against Ronaldo because I think that he is just one of a, a, a different species of, of goal scorers. He will score. Okay, well, let's talk about Ronaldo's former team, Real Madrid, who made a huge signing, Thibaut Courtois, but he hasn't started. Well, you know, did they need a new keeper? I that's, think, that's what's strange, that they actually didn't need a new keeper. They needed a new a keeper years ago, but I think, you know, they... they... Even years ago, they, I, I still think Kelo Navas is one heck of a fantastic goalkeeper. He, and in he, fact, two of the three Champions Leagues that they did win, 
were because of Kelo Navas because he made saves when they were either nil-nil or they were one-nil up that could have changed the dynamics of the game. I remember the one save I think he made of Mane in the final when the score was 1-1. And, you know, the next season, the guys deemed surplus to requirements. Now, Thibaut Couture comes in, I would have assumed that he would have gone straight into the starting lineup and... What's the hold up there? What do you think the hold up Madrid is? Madrid is about is about you know, is about who's the keeper, who's the player, what's his name, what's his profile. You know, Navas is a great keeper, but you know, he's not flamboyant enough. Madrid still needs to to sell that narrative and, you know, drive people to 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 their games, drive people to their their social platforms, drive people to their marketing programs. That's what they're all about. You know, I don't. I think that they still need to bring in. I, I saw a story about them looking at possibly bringing bringing back uh, James Rodriguez because I think he's still on, on loan. He's still on loan, yes. Uh, but they they need to get a, a marquee signing uh, to replace Ronaldo because it's quite clear when they play, you see that that gap is just it's just there. But I must say though, Mika, having watched them on Sunday play, there's something different about them when Ronaldo's not there. And at the expense of criticism from people listening, they actually played better without Ronaldo in terms of a collective. Definitely. In terms of a collective. You could see when they were playing, they weren't just looking for Ronaldo. They were making passes, they were making one-twos, and something looked fluid about them. Whereas I think, of course, Ronaldo always gives you that advantage being Ronaldo. He is going to score. But, but in terms of just the his, style of play his and goals, the beauty, His goals... You know, he, he his goals brought a lot of difference to 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 their play. You know, there were games where you know they, he drags them out of really obvious defeats, and there are games where you know just his presence um, creates a lot of opportunity because he gets people uh, you know more more attention, and then his teammates uh, perform some hard work. Remember two two seasons ago, uh, Zidane had. Like, like two teams, and he tried to rest um, Ronaldo in certain games. They they actually did well with, uh, you know, Asensio Ascens- and yes. a lot of a lot of those players coming on board. But uh, for what we know them for, this I mean, you just they just they're just a different team without Ronaldo. And now what's also interesting is that Luka Modric, he's also made headlines in Spain. And he also didn't start in the Madrid's previous game. Now I wonder if that's going to make an impact on the squad. Because as you can see with Real Madrid, no Ronaldo. Modric seems unsettled. You know, do you think they're going to actually challenge for the La Liga title this year? It's early days, but um, as we know in, in Madrid, if you lose too many points and Barcelona, they managed to claw um, a, a win. You know, courtesy of VAR last last week, you know, which was priceless because for them, you know, every three points they can they can gather keeps them away until they, you know, usually the the the, the title is decided when they play those El Clasicos, and so they want to gather as much, as much points as possible, and you know, this season is going to look like a three horse race race because Atletico Madrid definitely will have a say in the conversation because they look like a lot more a lot more settled of all three. Well, we'll see how that pans out for the rest of the season. We're going to take another short break and we're going to touch on some general news and something that uh, we like to always discuss uh, near the end of the show, our fantasy picks and players that might have let you down, given you a heartache or maybe even surprised you. Catch us just after the break. Want to witness the world's best football leagues from a front row seat? 
Super Sport puts you front and center for all the scintillating action of the Premier League, La Liga, UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Nations League, AMSA Premiership, and now the Serie A. Follow the stars in every game that matters, live in HD, the 2018-19 season. It's Front Row Football on Super Sport. Welcome back to the podcast of Football Travelers here at Pitch Invasion. Now, Amika, interesting news. Spiwa Shabalala, off to Turkey. How does that sit well with you? I mean, he's well past 30 and... He's 33. He's 33. Why now? You know, I, I thought Shaba should have gone to, to Europe in 2009. I mean, some people say, say to me, oh, after he's got the opening goal of the world. I thought in 2009, during the Comfort Cup, that was when Shaba was, was at his peak. And that is uh, nine years ago. Nine years later. So nine years ago, he was 23, 24. So, I mean, Shaba is going now at 33. I hope he, he has a great time there. Um, and maybe he gets a reminder of why he should have been there um, a lot, a lot more. Maybe if he gets, um, Turkey's not a, uh, a bad place because they, they do pay well there. He could maybe do well and any move to one of one of the big teams and enjoy maybe three three seasons there because he's he's very mature. He's he's a very good player and he's an exciting player. Uh, and people will, 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 will be excited to also have him there because that goal that he scored in the, in the World Cup in 2010 was played back over and over and over. Most people remember that. So I, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's gone, but he, I think it's, he should have gone a long time. He says that he thinks that uh, this is God's time. Uh, I hope that um, he... Yeah, well, there's God's time and then there's football time. I mean, at 33 years old, to make your first move abroad... You know, I'm not so sure that's such a wise move in terms of, you know, trying to bridge that gap, like you said, nine years ago when he could have possibly gone on to be an international star. And which is my problem with African players when it comes to moving abroad. It's either they don't make the move or they move too late. When you and in Shaba's case, when I you feel are, like it's too When you're the king at Chiefs, Shaba... He's been the king at Chiefs for 10 years Shaba now. and Kune... And for a long time, yeah, yeah, um, you know, even, well, I think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think three of them, you know, they were there for, for, at their peak, you know, so let's see, let's see what happened. Maybe, maybe his move will be uh, a good inspiration for a few others to try and take the plunge, but he's been a, what a servant he's been for, for Chiefs, I must say. He's been a good servant for Chiefs and for South African football. The only positive, I hope, is that it does inspire more players playing overseas because um, touching on South African football I mean Stuart Baxter has just released his squad for the upcoming uh, CAF qualifier um, AFCON qualifier that is against Libya and only five players who play abroad yeah I mean if there's one player that I thought uh, under Baxter was the peanut boy for him is Tokelo Ranti but he's just completely gone under the radar disappeared I mean he's disappeared Ranti the reason Bafana still had a chance in this uh, campaign is Ranti's um, performance against Nigeria. It's almost forgotten because Nigeria eventually, you know, picked up and became a much a much different team from the team that, that South Africa beat. They've got to try and get a result against against Libya, uh, which hopefully we'll talk about uh, much later when when the game comes closer. But uh, you know, looking at the, the selection that they have, 
Um, you know, I, I did say something two weeks ago about Percy Tao, or was it last week about Percy Tao and his uh, his move. These and he games. opened his account for his new team. Yes, he scored and a good goal. This is his chance to add up to his international uh, record, which will improve his chances of moving back to Bournemouth. So uh, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to seeing what he will do in that game. And hopefully um, he gets he gets a goal or two. Um, you know, something that I enjoyed in the game against Burkina Faso is how Kune uh, hit, hit that, uh, yeah, you know. A player that I would have liked to have seen just return to the national side is Kermit Erasmus. You know, he's an interesting player for me. And I feel like he's a player that we've sort of misunderstood his ability. He reminds me of Romario. Stocky quick and he's got the eye for goal and i think you know he could be such a great addition to the national squad but having looked at the team there is some firepower in that national team listen coming to rasmus um even for bafana never had a, a great uh scoring record in fact at the point and lula was scoring, <laughs> go- was scoring goals for for Bafana. Against who, though, Amika? <laughs> no. Against who? So strange. When when Sheikhs was first, I mean, first came back this time around, it wasn't Lula who was leading the line, and he, he got he got some good goals. While, while, whereas Kemik, um, you know, just huffed, huffed and puffed. I, I think that um, Keegan Dolly, um, I want to see once more. And then hopefully, you know... I mean, Percy Dow, Keegan, Dolly, Mutiba, that, that combination of players, that is just a serious starting lineup up front. It's, a good, it's a good lineup. Uh, if only Sibusuzo Vilakazi can um, realize that he's not Johan Cruyff and touch the ball less. <laughs> <laughs> Why not dream big? Why not? Why not? Now, something else that was interesting, going back to Tottenham, was Hugo Lloris. Um, obviously, he was uh, caught up in a drunk driving charge. And Poch has backed him. Now, if you were the manager, though, Amika, of Tottenham, would you have dropped him? Well, um, in case you don't know, I, 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 I was a uh, manager of a university football team uh, years ago. I was also Did they have a keeper that was in you know, charge for drunk they were, driving? They were worse. The they, players would go out and, and party all night, and we had games the following day. I was also director of the professional football team in my hometown, Sharks. Um, football players will always be football players. You know, one thing I found about, about them is after the game, they just want to go have fun. The question is just that when you're a professional player, there's, there are boundaries. And then with, with social media, you can't be too careful uh, what, what happens with, 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 with you outside the game because it can come back and bite you. But serious managers will back their player. They will find them. Maybe openly, sometimes they'll find them secretly, but openly you have to back the player to to because I mean Hugo Lloris is one of the best keepers in the world. He's, this is a walk a world champion. Winning it's a world people. champion. And But uh, does it send the right message if Tottenham do not drop him? Um I wouldn't drop him because You wouldn't. Because look, you saw him against against Man United. And you've seen him for for sports this season. He's he's like a He's like a twelfth man in that in that team because he gives them a lot of. Goals. Sometimes when you think that the the defense has been breached, uh, Loris is almost like a sweeper keeper. He comes out um, and takes a lot of um, chances. So I, I would back him. I would back him. Um, but I, I, I mean, I would go behind and, and reprimand him. Uh, maybe even find him. But openly, I would back him. 
Well, I'll tell you what, who's back in Loris are the fantasy owners, and uh, that's where we're moving to next. So, fantasy, Amika, can I just say something before we even touch on this? I said this from the first episode that Paul Pogba is going to be a big letdown on fantasy, and so far, it's paying dividends. I said to myself, and I said to my brother, in fact, when we were picking our fantasy squads, leave Paul Pogba out. I know the price is tempting. He's eight. He's cheaper than a lot of the world-class players. And it's just not working out for Pogba. I, I, I mean, look, I, I went with Pogba because I thought that would work on momentum. Even, after, then, my, even after my recommendation, and then after, he still went yes, for Pogba. I mean, the first game when he was captain, and I see that, okay, like he's captain, I thought, you know, uh, maybe he will, uh, and I still wouldn't give up on him. The good, thing is, the good thing is that there's, there's one week of games before the international break. Maybe when he goes and plays for France, he'll be recharged and he'll come back. But let's see what happens in the, in the, in the one game there. But one big shock was Mourinho deciding to play under Herrera in defense. Imagine if anyone picked him. Oh. I mean, he's, you play him in defense and. So who are you going with this weekend? Who's your top pick? <sighs> Who's the guy that you think this weekend, guys? That's the one you should either put as captain or you have to have in your team. Lucas Mora. <laughs> Lucas Mora. You got yeah. the bandwagon. You know, it's not, it's not about bandwagon. Lucas Mora, a few seasons ago, he was after Ronaldinho, he was almost like the next, before even all this talk about Neymar and the rest of them, he was the... It, what, Lucas Mora was the man. He was the man. And, you know, he was talked about because he was exci- an exciting winger. But what I saw yesterday, so in that game against Man United, um, rather, um, was him playing from the middle and playing yes. almost like a, a playmaker and going from like, like a number 10 he was he was a beauty his passing his his range and then the way he went past smalling hot enough through butter yeah. now what does that mean for son though coming back that's if that's if South Korea win the Asian Games. Well, what does that mean? Do you, you take? Does uh, I mean Pochettino? Obviously, he's a master tactician, and you know he he's good at slotting his players in the right position. But now, with Son coming back into the fray, I mean Son's numbers speak for themselves. Son, I think last season in fantasy, he was really up there brilliant with the numbers. The one thing I've seen this season, it's like you know how Dejan uh, Lovren sees himself as the best defender in the world and he comes up from the World Cup he's injured and Joe Gomez steps in there and you start wondering you know if Lovren is fit will he get his shirt back I don't think so well you're the Liverpool man no no I'm just saying I I don't I don't think so so most people probably wouldn't put even Joe Gomez in their team but I would put him in my team because one clean sheets all the way Mm -hmm. and very decent decent performance that he's, he's putting uh, so far. So on the same um, um, wavelength, I would say I would go with with uh, Gomez. Not not Gomez. I'm talking about Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. For me, I think I'm giving Obama Yang one more chance. Ah no no no. I'm giving him one more chance. It's Cardiff away. He's drew a goal, and you've got to give Obama Yang one more chance. One surprise for me. I I I went for Genduzi. Uh, didn't have the best of games. <laughs> no, he didn't. didn't have the best. I think for one reason, he seems to be all over the place. He wanted to be. He goes to the fullback. He gets the pass. He goes everywhere, and then he ran out of of gas. Somehow, 
I, I think maybe he'll have a better game if he plays more with with Torreira. Torreira. Yes. And and that that now leaves a problem for uh Shaka. And then Ozo, whoever I mean this oh, is... don't don't get me started with Messi <laughs> Ozo, right? So let's not even get there. But now Matches of the weekend. Give me your top picks because we have Burnley against Man United. And this game for me is going to decide a lot of things because Listen, should Man United lose that game? Here's the funny thing. I think heads I'm, are going to roll. If it's I'm, not I'm, Jose, it's somebody in the in, team. In the office pool, everyone knows me to be the one who always goes for upsets. So this week I said, for once, I'm not going to go for upsets. And then I, and then everybody in the office gathered around my desk and I was making my picks. And then I came to Man United, Burnley versus Man United and I said, Burnley to Man United. And everyone said, that's not an upset. Exactly. So I was, I was jumping into it. It's not an upset. I mean, you remember, I think it was Jesse Lingard late at Old Trafford last season that needed to rescue Man United from Burnley. And that's not an upset at all. I think, I see a draw there. I think Burnley will have been buoyed by the fact that they're not scared of Man United anymore. They went to Old Trafford and really did a number on them last year. Looking at United this season. Two games I'm looking forward to in, in this, they're this there season. For the taking. Two, two games I'm looking forward to this season. Watford versus Tottenham. London Dog. Both teams have gone, have won three games each. And people have, have not taken note of how good Watford have been this season. And this is a team that sold Ricarlison. And they've been very good. And they're going to play against Tottenham. It's so difficult to see. Typically, I would have said, you know, I'll go for Tottenham in this game. But with the way Watford is playing, it's so difficult to bet against them getting a result out of this game. But that's an exciting game to look forward to. And then, of course, you've got, um, on the first day, you've got Chelsea versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth has also been, you know, Getting some some good results and Chelsea. Uh, I, I think Chelsea, Chelsea are going to. Chelsea, good as good as they've been this season, the way Newcastle got a goal tells you that defensively and the fact that Conte is not is not doing his job of sitting sitting behind the in front of the the back four, unless the coach changes, which I I doubt he'll do because he's set out to be more more attacking. Then of course there is um, Manchester City versus Newcastle. You know what Newcastle will do? I mean, Sari was complaining that. Uh, he doesn't like well, the way Benitez is There's going to be a big out. bus park but in that, that game. That will That's be one thing for sure. That will be. I mean, if Wolves did it against against uh, Chelsea, I just don't think. Look, Newcastle don't have the quality that Wolves have. And to me, the problem with Newcastle against uh, Chelsea was that at some point they actually needed to kick into gear and say, you know what? It's 1-1, let's go for it. Here's one thing I never understand about the psyche of the so-called smaller teams, especially when they're at home, is why set up defensively and expect, you know, uh, an onslaught of an attack from the so-called stronger team? Because you know, and then the moment you go a goal down, yeah. you want to switch it. Why not start that way? So that in case you do get that early goal, Rafa, you can go Ra back and Ra defend. Rafa Benitez always has this... His whole mindset, and that's one one thing that has kept. That's exactly Nick. why he's no longer. He was kicked out of Madrid. But that's that's also why why at Newcastle he's managed to keep them. He managed to get them to ten position last season. The one thing I see uh, with Wolves, Wolves actually, you know, most they, they play. They people realize to win they the have game. they have they have Ruben Neves and Jao Moutinho in midfield, so they matched Man City with quality yes. in in that midfield. I think that Newcastle. 
Bhutan frustrated, frustrated uh, Man City in that game. But you know the one another game, Leicester versus Liverpool. Jamie Vardy always used to score against Liverpool, and he's banned from this game. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in, in that I'm, game. I'm looking forward to Milan versus Roma because these are two sides that desperately need a win. Roma still, you know, despite all their signings, they're still finding it hard to get three points. Milan had a two-goal lead against Napoli, and they blew that away. Two old rivals at the San Siro, and those two games, that game for me with those two teams, I think that's going to be a cracker because they really need three points. Another game for me that I think we also need to touch on on a local perspective, the MTN8 semis. Who do you see in the final? I think that... You know, um, Cape Town City, because Sundown seems to be. You think they'll be a bit tired from the. Yeah, I think that they that they'll be a bit jaded, and as much as they will come back uh, wanting to try and get something out of it, Cape Town has a one goal advantage without conceding a goal. On the other hand, Kaza uh, Chiefs, if they can get their fans into the the stadium, but the thing with Super thousand fans. Well, I mean, look, um, they. They need to. They need a rallying call. The fact that they came back into that game means that there will be a lot, a lot at stake. Will they um, withstand Super United? Who we've seen that even when you ride them off, they just kind of have a way of pulling, pulling results, and they, they've proven to be quite a good cop team. So that's exactly uh, where I was going. Is yes. that Super Sport United? You know, they always know how to get it done in cups, and especially when this they're at this stage of the competition, to them they're like sharks and they smell blood in the water. I won't be surprised if they do edge our Chiefs. And uh, I, the Cape Town City game, Sundowns. You know what? I think Piso's going to react. He's going to expect a reaction from his team. And as much as I really respect Benny and Cape Town City, I love what they're doing there, but. I think Sundowns know, listen, we're out of this competition. Let's focus on something else. Because the CAF competition stretches throughout the whole year. Oh, yes. And this, we're talking about in a matter of weeks. They could win this competition. I love, I, love, I, love, so I love the MTN 8 I think because MTN, be MTN, MTN 8 is got a lot of money, but it's also got a very short window. Yes. You know, short, sharp, and exciting. Um, and the fact that the semifinals is, is two legs makes it even all the more, more exciting. I... You know, it will be the the, the 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 dream final will be uh Sundowns versus Kaiser Chiefs. But one thing we've seen, you know, just like last year where you know everyone expected to see the big teams and then somehow Free, free State has got to the final. I think that we're gonna see you know, another upset and probably the, the it will be Super Sport United versus uh Cape Town City in the finals. And if that is the case, who do you see winning? Super Sport Cape Town City in the final, as predicted by you, who do you think would win that? Super Sport United. Super Sport United. Yes. You know what? For as a football purist, I would actually like to see Cape Town City. I would love that. Right? Because I think that's just gonna revive the interest in South African football. And also it's gonna put a feather into Benny McCarthy's cap because you know here's a guy with a lot to prove, very highly qualified. And to give Cape Town City a trophy in such a short space of time, that opens him up to bigger jobs. Because I was surprised, in fact, when Pirates were looking for a coach at the time, I was really sure that they were going to get Benny. No, but I think, I, I think, I think Benny still has, has to spend a bit more time at, at Cape, Town, Cape Town City. You well, look the at, big you, teams come calling. You, I mean, you, sometimes well, you, you, have to, you, have to, you have to build consistency somewhere. If you look at Pizzo, what he's done at Sundowns, He's, yeah, we might say, okay, look, that's almost one of the biggest, or probably the biggest team. 
but Chiefs fans might have something uh, to say about Paris or something to say about it. But you know, Benny needs to push Cape Town City further over the next two seasons. He's young; he'll 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 get his opportunities, but he needs to try and win something, just like the way uh, Gavin won won three three PSL titles at Super Sport United, and and then he moved on to. Uh, to prove the same point at, at Bidvest. So let, let's see what happens, uh, not just with the MTN8, but also the, the rest of the season. This season is quite open. I, I don't see any team right now really pulling pulling up as a team to watch out for this season because it's just been uh, one season where the, the surprise team has been uh, Steve Compeller's team. Just before we end off, on this note, Amika, who surprised you in terms of a disappointing performance this week? Who are you calling out? Who's the one player, manager, who surprised you this weekend that you thought, you know what, really let people down? Mourinho. Mourinho. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, so, that's so easy. I mean, he uh, he's just um, dropped to a new low. And you know, very disappointing because he's, for me, I think, uh, one of the, the most enigmatic characters in the game. But one thing that we've, we've seen, uh, especially with his recent record with Real Madrid and, and Chelsea, is like when he gets to the third season, he he has this almost, it's almost like he's, like he doesn't have any more, more um, attraction to try and win something or try and prove something. It's like, and that's why he can still go out and say, you know, I've won three, three titles. You know, you're as good as your last, your last game. That's the reason why, you know, Real Madrid sacked Carlo Ancelotti. Yes. You know, and, and despite what, 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 what is that, what When is that they team? make ruthless decisions, right, they're thinking about themselves in the long run. So for me, yeah, the most disappointing, it has to be Jose without a And, you, and you know, you know, you know who I fear for now? Manuel Pellegrini for all his Ooh, he's, his um, he's great really, record and everything. Really under the cosh I think that you know when I look at people like Alan Pardew, I look at some Allardyce, I look at some of those managers who uh, you know usually they call them when when things when the chips are down to come and rescue teams. Nobody's calling Harry Redknapp anymore, and I think that. Pellegrini Alan Kirbishly Pelli, has left a long time ago. He's become more of a TV pundit. Pellegrini, one more loss and all the I mean, there'll be like an international break and the I know Sullivan and his and his his gang at, at West Ham will just say we don't want the fans on our case. They'll just look for a younger manager. Yeah, and you know how West Ham fans get when things don't go their way. Well, that brings us an end to another episode of uh, Pitch Invasion. We sure hope that you enjoyed all the news, information, debates, and stories that we brought to you. Hopefully, you'll catch us again on another exciting episode next week. For us in the studio with Amika, I'm Tola Magwaza. Hey, I'm looking forward to another clean sheet at, at the King Power Stadium. Liverpool versus Leicester. Oh, there Alison. you go. Leicester, another clean sheet Alison. for Leicester. That should Liverpool. be good news for, uh, for anybody Liverpool. that's Michael in uh, their fantasy team. Yeah. All right. Thank you and uh, goodbye.